listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, episode 526. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we continue our discussion of season two of the Apple TV Plus series, Foundation. So you got another week. Hopefully you impressed upon Sean that he is the official Sci-Fi TV Rewatch Tanzanian <laughs> ambassador. He, he knows that his main goal is to spread the word and get... Uh, pop up, bump up our numbers there in Tanzania, and that the check will be in the mail. Yeah. Just keep keep your eyes peeled, right? So uh, anyway, how's it going post uh, Labor Day here in the states? Yeah, um, yeah, everything's good. You know, like uh, we just we did have a uh, uh, going away party for Sean, which I never like. I don't even know if I've even been to a going away party. They're like. Bittersweet, like you know, like parties are supposed oh, to be bet. fun, and going away parties are like mostly fun, but not a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And I meant to ask you last week how long he's going to be away, and and I, I think Jody mentioned in in uh, the Facebook posting is it eighteen months 20, or sixteen? Twenty seven. Oh, 27. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Two years and three months, yeah. Wow. Okay, so even longer than I was yeah, yeah. thinking. It's, it's a commitment, for sure, but he's you know, he's very nervous, but also excited about it. So. Wow. Now, is it straight 27? Does he get to come home at all? Um, He can. He does get some time off after a while, but he's not really – first of all, he's not huge on details as a, as a rule. <laughs> But uh, he does not seem to have a very good grasp of uh, when he'll be able to come back. Okay. So uh, I think Jerry and I are, are going to, you know, sometime in the next two years, we're going to go over there, I think, and um, live in poverty the rest of our lives. But we'll have a nice vacation to talk about. Okay, cool. Um, well, you know, it's funny. I had mentioned, you know, innumerable times about how my wife and I watched so many international shows. We're watching this UK detective drama and, and and the one character just says to his wife yeah i gotta nip over to france uh, but i'll be i'll be back for dinner yeah. i'm thinking like <laughs> yeah <laughs> do you understand how weird that sounds to yeah. somebody in the united states but well i mean we don't even say i gotta nip up to canada yeah. <laughs> they said nip up to new jersey maybe or something well it's something like i know like our some of our um european listeners um are you know, kind of surprised to hear the type of driving we do. But now my daughter is playing field hockey. The, the college is like three hours away. So, you know, we have routinely over the last couple of weeks have, um, you know, gone up there, watched a field hockey game and then driven home and everything. So, and the one time I literally drove her up there, dropped her off and, and drove home. It was like eight hours of driving all together. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. So, uh, well, then you're not going to be impressed by my uh, driving today. I, I drove a whole 30 minutes one way. I actually left my county, dude. I, wow. I ventured into Baltimore County. Uh, I had to take one of my guitars in for repair down to uh, a tech I use in Catonsville. I was about to say the place in Catonsville. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, there's a lot I do to work on my instruments but th this is one of those that uh, nah I, I would just make a mess of it i might get it to work in the end but it's just uh, better to put it in a trusted person's hands yeah, so uh professional. but but you know after 
not working for a while now and, and not doing a ton of beltway driving. It's like, good Lord, <laughs> do people drive fast? Yeah. <laughs> I was saying to Mary, even getting in the slow lane and, and I'm still going above the speed limit in the slow lane and people are like flying up behind me. And I'm like thinking like, I hope you go around me yeah. and not, using me for a break yeah unfortunately maryland drivers I, I found out later in life have a kind of a rep uh regionally as being particularly reckless and bad so um, hmm. so i don't know but uh all right well yeah it was, it, you know it, it, just to mention like when last weekend when we were did this big trip up to like syracuse and over to boston and down to new haven and then back home and coming home the 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 one place i just hate driving is the George Washington bridge that goes over the Hudson. And it's just stresses the hell out of me every single time. And, um, yeah, between the, 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 you know, the, um, ways chirping at me and the traffic and everything. I just, I, I freaking came very close to getting us in an accident. And, uh, I just couldn't believe it afterwards. I'm like, Oh my God. And my son's like, this is why they think Maryland drivers are the worst. I'm like, I don't know. I just get so stressed out on this bridge, man. I just lose it every time. So uh, there's probably lots of other people who can relate to that, except for the people who live in New York city, obviously. Yeah. Well, speaking of reckless and bad, why don't we go ahead and get into our discussion of (laughs) podcast related (laughs) stuff. Um, Just a reminder, we typically record on Mondays, so any feedback's got to be in Sunday, 6 p.m. Eastern time. Audio feedback's got a strict six-minute time limit for now. Um, All right, I'll go ahead and do what I am watching, and one thing, uh, uh, you know, Mary will read she reads a ton i've mentioned this before so she's reading an online article apparently because the question she kept asking me revealed this an article about doctor who spinoffs so i played her the first 12 minutes of torchwood she's like oh i like this so i i told her i said look torchwood comes up in our discussion for what we're going to do next on the podcast virtually every time. Well, why don't you guys do it? Is it not that good? No. Like, no, that's not it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and I, I think we've talked about this. We don't necessarily have a good answer for why it just seems that it always gets bumped back a bit. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, uh, it is what it is. Yeah, but anyway. I, you know what? One of these days we'll take the plunge. It was like that with Fringe, too. Fringe was always kind of like runner-up for ages until we finally were just like, let's do Fringe, you know. Yep. We could definitely do worse than Torture. I, I love Torture. That was a great episode. I'd, I'd love to get back into it. Oh, a great episode. Oh, yeah. Great series. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I love Eve Miles. Um, but it, it looks like the shows I'm watching now, they're all shows that are – in current release but not netflix release the whole season at once okay so we're watching billions with paul giamatti on showtime and yeah okay fine we've now we've got to wait till next sunday for the next episode uh right because you have my showtime, wife let, right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah okay. um another showtime show that i've mentioned before yellow jackets which is just really outstanding and and my wife watched season one 
and really dug it. We started season two and one episode in, she's like, well, this is really dark. And I'm thinking like, well, you didn't realize it. Did you not see season one? one? (laughs) So anyway, she let me know she's not interested. So I'm going to go ahead and finish up Yellow Jacket season two. Another interesting show, which is actually an English production called Vandervalk. It's a police crime drama, but it takes place in the Netherlands. So it's, uh, you know, Dutch surroundings, but of course, everybody's an English actor, Mm -hmm. which, you know, I find fascinating. But again, that's So are they like playing English people or are they trying to be, play Dutch well, 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 they're not really, I, I don't think either. So in other words, they, I, I guess it's based on a uh, series of crime, you know, Dutch crime novels that, that take place, you know, in the Netherlands and, you know, so they don't even really make a point about it. So it's just, okay. it is what it is. Gotcha. But, but again, so that's a, that's a show that gets released on PBS, even though I think it's a bbc or whatever that other channel is in england not bbc something else um and then another show called unforgotten with an actress named nicola walker who probably a lot of people out there know who she is another crime drama another like okay yeah great you gave me two episodes and now i gotta wait another week to get the next one so uh, you know back to the way it used to be dude yeah right. going old school there you go all right what do you got um, well, no new series. Um, you know, Fred mentions Ahsoka, and I think you know I will once again mention how great Ahsoka is, and also how great Winning Time is. I love both the series. Um, I finally did watch The Flash, not the TV series. I, I'd be, I think you even started watching The Flash right at first. Yeah, yeah. I quit after the second season. Yeah, I think I can't remember. I'm going to stuck with it for like three or four seasons before. And that was just, it wasn't anything really common on The Flash per se. I was just purging pretty much almost all the shows that I was watching. If anything was, you know, I, I, I had to raise my standards and everything. So Arrow and Flash were kind of, and uh, the, what was it, the Heroes of Tomorrow or whatever, I can't remember. That all were fine series, but just, you know, I just had to cut back. And so those were the ones, almost all the CW shows, except for Supernatural went. But anyway, this is the movie, The Flash, that came out probably a couple months ago. I don't even know. I guess it's a 20, it is a 2023 film. You know, the uh, the young guy plays Barry Allen in The Flash. I can't remember his name, but you know, I think he's, he's had some issues that have been fairly well documented. So it's always kind of awkward seeing someone like, uh, you know, the person kind of playing it seems to, like he might be like kind of a creepo in real life. But honestly, as an acting job, he does a pretty good job at Barry Allen. He's very likable as, as an actor, as a character, um, though he you know might be the, you know, a really bad person in actual life. Um, Michael Keaton playing Batman again made it pretty much all worth it. Uh, you know, like the movie itself, I, I thought was... You know, enjoyable. It wasn't great, but it wasn't terrible. And my son saw us watching. He's like, I heard this sucks. I'm like, it doesn't suck. Like, it's far from sucking. It's actually, you know, there's some pretty good parts to it. And we haven't even gotten to when we, you know, with Michael Keaton's in the thing yet. So, but uh, that was awesome. Uh, that was definitely worth the price of admission, which is uh, $15 a month for, <laughs> for Max now. Um, totally worth it to, to once again see Michael Keaton play Batman. Uh, otherwise, you know, eh, 
it's kind of standard fare. Some interesting, you know, time travel type things going on there and everything, but uh, it's all right. You you would I I wouldn't recommend it for you. Okay. Unless you really like Michael Keaton's Batman, then you know. Which I didn't. He was my least favorite. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. Even below Adam West. Well. I mean, that's that's not a fair question because okay. Adam West is in between uh, beneath uh, he's freaking Val Batman man. and the and the the Batman with dimples, yeah, the nipple bat suit, <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway, what else you got? Or is that it? Uh, well, just one shout out from the last episode. I rewatched the the last episode. Well, I guess a third time it was this time. And you know, we we had mentioned last time how they don't say it's bigger on the inside. But they're just they're they're walking right up to the line without crossing it, right? But I also noticed a lot of times that they would I think it was uh Hober Mallow would refer to Harry Seldon as doctor. Like he didn't say Dr. Seldon, he just said doctor. I thought that was curious, especially oh, nice. when they're okay. also yeah. So I think there was a lot of kind of a lot of shout outs here to Doctor Who that obviously were not super uh, hidden, but uh, I didn't catch him really the first time around. All right, well, let's get to Foundation, Season 2, Episode 5, titled The Sighted and the Seen, written by Joel Cornett and Jane Espenson, directed once again by Alex Graves. This one was released August eleventh, two 2023. So this time we've just got two storylines, nothing on Terminus, and... I think that was a good call. One of the things that I really love about this season is that in virtually every episode, and I mentioned this certainly last time, maybe several times, is that they give each individual scene and storyline a chance to really, you know, get some traction. Yeah. So maybe maybe we're there four minutes, five minutes, um, sometimes even longer. And, and it's just such a welcome relief from this you know, this hyper editing, cut, 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 right? Yeah. Yeah. That just seems to be all over the uh, television, you know, landscape these days. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, I, I will admit I was hoping that we would get some more continuance of the stories from the last one, but I realized that they really did need to go back to Trantor first before um, there's stuff has to happen there before, uh, Polly and Constant can show up on on Day's doorstep. Yeah, and boy, does it happen! I mean, yeah. just you know, we'll get to more detail, but but uh, Queen Dominion learns that a Demerzel is an AI. Well, hello, and and that kind of answers the question that that we raised a couple weeks ago. Who knows what she really is? I mean, we know Day knows. We assume Dusk knows well uh, yeah obviously the all the cleons know for sure well do we know dawn knows i mean i, I mean they well assume. if not he will oh there's got to be some point where they're like well no yeah because yeah. even when we in, in season one we saw dawn as a very young boy um watch demersel repair herself oh right okay so Good i point. think they that's something they're they're read in on that one pretty early on i believe okay okay so Outside of those three, though, I think we have our answer. Yeah, well, and then, you, know, you have to like. Did no one ask questions? Really, are there no critical thinkers on on Trantor here? Like, 
you know, people like mention how she's been around like forever and ever and ever. Like, did you not? Was not one of the theories that she might be a, a, an android? Like, so. yeah, maybe she changes her hair color and yeah, her you know, uh, yeah. and her name. I mean, who knows? Yeah. And her her outfit. Who I mean, you know. I don't want to say more importantly, but pretty damned importantly, we learned that they did have the Queen Dominion's family killed. Well, it, was it more him or was it Demerzel, though? You know, like- well, I, does she act on her own? I mean, you know, we talked about whether or not she has agency. Does she have that much agency? Yeah. Well, that she to, can commit to protect uh, the throne. Okay. Yeah, I think right. that's that's her programming and everything. So I think she's licensed to do whatever she needs to do. Okay, but clearly he at least was informed of the attack after. Yes. You know, after it took place, you know, based on what she tells him here. Okay. But I mean, that like, said, it's fairly. I mean, even though Sarah says the evidence is circumstantial, it's pretty heavy. Like, like it's pretty clear. Like that, uh, you know. The, the death of all the people in her family, what that led to and why. So it's even she points out herself. Like, Right. So, you know, we'll certainly come back to that. And, and then we learn about the missing memories from Cleon's two to 18. Uh, now we could argue, yeah, I forget whether it's dusk or dawn that says about Cleon the first and the number of memories he has stored that, well, he lived a fuller life that much fuller yeah <laughs> so who is responsible for the missing memories and why and i think our first suspect has to be brother day well right I'm, or I'm, demerzel well or demerzel sure so and then back to why is this some you know move yeah i mean you know if this was the United States, we might say, well, it's, you know, a series of moves leading towards an autocracy, but that's already in They're place. Already there, yeah. So what is it that is to be accomplished by doing this? Yeah. 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 I, well, I mean, it seems like it, there's avoiding- certainly some things that the first Cleon experienced that, you know, in order to be a better Cleon, I guess had to be expunged from his, you know, the people who came after him. You know, I guess, and, and you know, maybe it, it's something that Cleon the first or one of the later Cleons, because all of their memories apparently have been uh, edited. Uh, you know, did, did one of the Cleons or more than one Cleon do something that would lead, if it were found out, to an intergalactic crisis? And, and I'm not talking about one of Harry Seldon's crises, but maybe I am. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, um, he, he doesn't necessarily, you know, go into why a particular crisis occurs. It's just, uh, you know, the, a series of smaller events leading up to this one big one. So we get that opening scene, which is extended. Harry, we think, is flashing back to his death at Raish's hand. And we're pretty sure, OK, it's probably a dream and then he appears to wake up but then Raish is standing there and we're like well okay it's probably still a dream you know 
you know, you're in a dream and you're dreaming you're waking up from a dream. Oh, okay. Yeah, we we're, all we're saw still Inception. Good. We get, we get that, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And we're thinking like, all right, is this Harry's conscience speaking to him? And, and we're thinking like, well, okay, we're, we're, I think it's true that he doesn't really care about individuals despite what he says. Now, later we learn that this is just mental telepathy, I assume. I mean, that was my takeaway by the time we get to the end of the episode. Yeah. Well, the people on uh, Ignis, Ignis, right, um, clearly have the ability to you know, make people, other people see what they want them to see and stuff like that. Like they have, well, I mean, that's the whole speech about them. It's like the heightened mental powers that all these people have. Right. So, you know, that that's, you know, certainly one of the stories and we start on board beggar. We've still got that question hanging over us and I like that they address it. Harry, how do you have a body? And his continued answer, I don't know, yeah. just seems to fall a bit flat. It's a very unsatisfactory and, answer. And then I forget whether it's Gale or Salvor that says, well, you've been cloned. And we're thinking, well, like, well, you don't know that, do you? I mean, we it's don't. It's a solid theory. but yeah, It is. Right. It is. But it, it's, I mean, is that something that they learned in the interim that just, we haven't been privy to? Is it just simply something that whichever of them you know says it it's intended to just put an end to the question once and for all whether or not it's the actual answer and then of course we see him cut his finger with the blade that right Raish uses to kill him and we know what he's doing you know it's like he, he am i a real boy right <laughs> is he like us thinking like all right now if white fluid comes yeah, out right exactly yeah, yeah we know what's going on here but of course it's blood and and it you know drips down into the the bowl or whatever that is so um i forget who says in their feedback but any crash landing where you survive is a good crash landing mm-hmm. yeah and as we watch it at first i'm thinking like all right is she navigating in between the trees and then when we get the when the camera pulls back it's like ah no she's just knocking the trees down because we don't really necessarily have a sense for how big the beggar really is um yeah but she's pretty big when it crashes though true um actually that just i don't want to make this very long i read a story today that one of the original miniature models from the first star wars movie is now on the auction block i think the initial bid was four hundred thousand dollars and one of the x fighters so anyway i'm gonna go put a bid in right now yeah well it's probably up to a million at least (laughs) by now but (laughs) anyway did you see happening what eventually happens with hugo i mean i i see hugo you know and his confrontation with salvor on the planet's surface as entirely plausible once i hear his explanation so i was a bit taken back and a little bit disappointed i think because you know i mean they were they were kind of a cute couple right i it's it's yeah exactly like as the as Looney Tunes as stuff that happens in this series, um, Hugo saying I you know pop myself into a pod and 
uh, you know, synced it up with yours just so I could, you know, wake up at the same time and place that you did. I mean, all right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm buying it. Um, honestly, I didn't really have time to process this at all, I don't think. I, I think once, as I started trying to kind of question, because obviously you do question it, right? Like Hugo just popping up out of nowhere like that. You're like, um, okay. You know, and it's his crazy, you know, reason why he's there and everything. We're like, you know, as you said, most, mo- most of me is like, okay, all right, I'm, I'm with you. But on the other hand, it's like, eh, especially when, and then like, you know, but everything happens very quickly, you know, and then Harry immediately cast doubts on it, which then we were like, oh, well, okay, this is like, you know, fake in some way or whatever. And then, you know, right as we're trying to process that, there's people tearing the ship up and, you know, cutting holes in and stuff like that. So, Right. And we don't really know about the level of ability that the telepaths have, because on the one hand, you know, we, we certainly know that there is a DNA and a genetic link between the ship and, you know, whoever it's connected to. And that gets brought up, you know, as they're trying to get on board. And Harry, of course, is suspicious. And, you know, it it suddenly occurs to him to to bring that up. And that's then when all hell breaks loose. But Hugo, this version of Hugo, seems to have a lot of information at his disposal. And I'm thinking like, all right, a telepath. Does the telepath, is the telepath able to read your thoughts at the moment or really dive into your memories? I guess I would have thought the former, which would then mean, wait a minute. So, you know. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I mean, well, to call up Hugo like that, they, they must have you know, really plumbed her memories, right? Right. So, so these are pretty uh skilled telepaths i I guess we would have to say at this point i mean really to a level i don't recall seeing in science fiction but again the star trek the original series went to a lot of weird planets so and uh, honestly i mean i have read about something like this in science fiction before and therefore was surprised that this was not the second foundation um but but i really love the way this scene evolved you know that they wake up in this room that harry recognizes as um you know pre-genetic dynasty and they realize that well there's no guards we're not locked in (laughs) they start walking out and they start going you know up these stone staircases that dude i don't know about you but I felt like I was back in the Witcher. I feel like this was like, geez, did they use the same CGI that the Witcher yeah, used? Yeah, you know, they, they just say, hey, bud, can we use your, uh, can you use your thumb drive? Right. <laughs> well, there's they, another good reason you thought we were watching the Witcher because there was a character from the Witcher in, in this, right? Who? Now, well, not a character. Who did I- the, the, um, the guy who, who uh, keeps the memories, the memory keeper, memoriam guy. Oh, he's uh, King. What's his name? Oh, you're right. Okay, the, he looked vague. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, one, I yeah the, the king. I, I, I right, I, I he's got the he's got the brother that's yes. kind of yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, that hooked up with what's his name. I love how like the Witcher, like mostly like the names are so goofy. It's just like 
that that dude who did this thing and then that other dude like i can't remember any of the names but anyway so so you know our our characters they, they you know they, they king visimir okay there you go so so they're brought before Tellum bond who projects herself as a child what is this supposed to make us feel more comfortable at first and you know harry's having none of it which you know we would expect nothing less from dr harry selden but I guess the the huge takeaway, you know, the the you know maybe the most important narrative piece of dialogue occurs at the very end of this storyline. I will find it and break it. There's not going to be a second foundation. Now, aren't we to assume there already is? No, because I think that was the point, right? The what Gale and Raish messed up was the creation. Because Gale, right, was supposed to go to Terminus, and Raish was supposed to go. I, I might be getting this completely mixed up, but I feel like the, the plan was that Gale was going to go to and like kind of lead the people in Terminus, and that Raish would go and he would create the second foundation. Okay, so anything going on on Terminus at this point, it, it, it's just the the kind of the seeds of a second foundation. Right. Well, the, the second foundation is supposed to be a secret from the people in Terminus. Oh, you're right, 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 right. So that's, I mean, I, I, I just assumed like, other. well, here we are, right? This is it. This is the second foundation. And then gotcha. you know, at the end, it's like, no, we are going to destroy the second foundation. It's like, wait, what? Wait, hold on. All right. Uh, anything else about this storyline? Um, we well, the Trantor. The, Actress who plays Tellum Bond, I, I didn't really recognize her at first, but then when I was looking through to find out the name of the, it's Ed Birch, by the way, plays uh, King Vizier, and then the the officious as uh, as Alan from Minnesota brilliantly calls him, the officious uh, keeper of the of the memories, uh, memoriams or whatever. Oh yeah, um, Rachel House, and you probably would not have recognized her, but. I have seen a number of Taika Waititi's movies, and she's like in all of them. Um, and probably her biggest movie role was in uh, uh, Thor Ragnarok. Um, but she's great, and like Ed Birch, really, so, you know what I, I've just seen her in like comedic roles. Um, and Ed Birch was he was brilliantly funny in this one. Um, her role, not so funny, you know? Um, but so is, so that's part of the reason why I don't think I even recognize her first. I don't think I've ever seen her with long hair down like that. And, and also the, the seriousness of the role, but she is really, really good. Um, Was she in black Panther? I don't think so. Okay. I think she's just in, in, in the Marvel movies. I'm pretty sure she was just in, uh, in Thor Ragnarok. Okay. But, She's great. Um, the Hunt for the Wilder People, I should, while I'm on it, uh, I should recommend that movie. I think I have talked about uh, before this a long time ago, but that is just such a great movie. She has a big part in that movie as a police officer trying to find this uh, runaway kid who's run away with uh, Sam Neill, of, of all people. Um, but it's, uh, that's, that's a great, great movie and uh, highly recommended. So, and chance for you to watch, see Rachel House in action. 
Okay, well, let's move over to Trantor. And, you know, we already talked about, you know, some of the, the, the huge takeaways in, at the beginning of this story. Queen Sarath informs Day that she wants sex. And, I mean, it's – I forget. I think it's Alan uh, from Minnesota that mentions in his feedback about the comedic elements in this show. And you already mentioned the officious uh, keeper of the, the memories, and certainly that's one. But when she goes into his bedchamber, him reclining on his bed with his gown or robe or whatever he was wearing open and and I mean it was just hilarious. I mean he's yeah. trying to find a position that what he thinks is sexy. It's like, dude, you're the you know you're the emperor. Come on, right? Well, and that's the need thing. to do that. Like he doesn't know though. He literally doesn't know. Like he and he says to Demerzel. He's worried because he's just been with her, right? Right. Well, and that's true, right? And and you know, it, it, and and again, it, it, it's a fascinating scene. We know that she's not going there to have sex. She's going to use sex as an end to her means, right. and she doesn't end up having to go there to get the information that she needs. I mean, she doesn't get it all, but but she gets a hell of a lot. Yeah. But but just even. Before, you know, you, you mentioned the, the, you know, the fact that he's a little nervous about her coming in and, and Demerzel's like, well, you know, isn't that what you wanted? A, you know, a, a normal relationship. Yeah, but I'm, I'm used to you. And she grabs his crotch. I think you're ready. Right. Um, but unfortunately, Demerzel, there's a little bit more to human sexual relations than just getting a hard on right well, uh, okay but you know like he literally and she says it like you don't know how to see another person's perspective like he's just and and with demerzel here's a partner that just gives and doesn't require anything of him except for just jump on top and go at it right right so he has never had to learn the finer art. Not that I'm any kind of expert, but what I do know is that you have. It's like you, you there's give and take there, right? There's there's you know in in I, I'm, I'm I feel like I might be getting our um, our family friendly label uh, destroyed this <laughs> this episode, but you know it takes two to tango is the simplest way of putting it, and he doesn't know how to tango because it's just he it's all about him. So when he's in a situation, he has literally no idea how to interact with another human being uh, intimately. I'm told you women like romance. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay. But then. Nice one, bro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then after she releases his crotch, think of me. And then she gives him a fist pump. I'm like, nice. classic. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was certainly one of the, the more humorous scenes but then once queen dominion comes in it evolves into this accusatory shouting match that you you know you were responsible for my assassination attempt well you were responsible for killing my family and i didn't really think about it at the time and i again i think it was fred's feedback where he he mentions that he wasn't completely sold on the acting in that scene that maybe it was a bit over the top. And I didn't think about it at the time, but after Fred mentioned it, 
I, I think there was something about that scene that just didn't quite ring true, maybe because each of them knew they had an agenda and wasn't letting the other know what that was. So I don't know. But I mean, it was really an interesting scene. Well, one of them, in the words of Walter Bishop, had a vagenda. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But but certainly we we know that that Day was responsible. Or again, we talked about this. You know, I I I think what was revealed by Demerzel today indicates, at least to me, that that he certainly was on board with it. Whether he tasked her to do it or she did it on her own and then told him she did it. Yeah, you know, it was. It wasn't like he didn't like go. Look! Look horrified and shocked when she said that. So right, right. You know, he obviously knew about it. Right, but but I guess what I love is that he's wary of his bride. Sure. You know, and and this whole idea that whoever killed my family did it deliberately, leaving the weakest member. And the more we see of her, wow! If she's the weakest member, right. I wouldn't want to be going face to face with the others. Yeah. And I think she tells Don that like, basically they've made the mistake. So like, you know, I think maybe only in their perception was she the weakest and they clearly have never read Henry the fourth part one, because if they had, they would know that the, you know, the, the, the offspring of a strong ruler who seems like a lout and a libertine and everything is actually, really deep down a strong and capable ruler ready to go. You know, you mentioned that, and again, I don't want to go off on another tangent, but now that's the second Shakespeare play that you've mentioned that I realize I haven't read. Really? And I'm thinking like, well, I've got all this time now. Um, time. Yeah. So after the peripheral. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That is, that's one of my favorites. I love Henry the fourth part one is, I mean, there's three, four, Henry the Fourth, Part One, Henry the Fourth, Part Two, and Henry the Fifth are three. That's a great, great, great trilogy. Yeah, but then there's uh, is it Richard the Third or Richard the Second? No, I can't. Remember. Um, so then it's um, well, Richard the Third. There is Richard the Second and Richard the Third. Uh, Richard the Second. That play comes before, as did the Ray of Richard the Second, and mm-hmm. Richard the Third comes later. I think he does. Yeah, because they do. He did write. Henry the Sixth, and there might be more than one part to Henry the Sixth, and then Richard the Third comes in after you know the end of the War of the Rose. Okay, well I got some reading to do. Yeah, or else uh, looking well, to see the, what's available on Netflix. There's, um, I, I got it for my parents. It's a DVD collection that I think the BBC. I can't remember what it's called. It's like the Something Crown, where they basically filmed all of those. Like all of those, like the Henry the Fourth, Fifth, Sixth, Richard the Third, they filmed all. And I, Benedict Cumberbatch, I know, is in one of them, and everything. Like it's like really good actors. I never have. Actually, I don't think my parents have watched. I don't even know if they've even unwrapped it yet. So I might have to go over to my mom's and take that back. But uh, it's supposed to be really good. Cool. All right. Well, speaking of trysts, um, you know, the one with Ruin Dusk, where they're watching the tape of their initial encounter. I mean, what am I supposed to take away there? Oh, man, there's just so much. <laughs> well, well, first of all, Rue is is playing him like a fiddle. 
I, in my opinion. This might be wrong. For her to, you know, go and hang out with some old dude and watch some homemade porn they made a couple of years ago uh, is well worth it for her to get, um, well, she's finds out about the, the memories, right? Where they keep the memories from that, right? Is that, is that right? Um, yeah, I'm not sure about that. Um, I think that when they're together, he tells her about how there's this place because they're talking about, Oh, oh right. He, he, he doesn't her, like when you, because he knows they wiped her memory. Right. And they, they, she's like, Oh, let's go back and watch when we, you know, when we met and everything. And you see there even how well she played him because he's, you know, by ignoring him, he, she actually attracts him. Right. Um, and so then that this leads into a conversation about, you know, where did your memories go and everything, which I believe gets him to tell her, you know, where, where his, you know, the, the, sometimes where they store some of his, I, I'm not even with that memoriam thing. I'm not really a hundred percent sure what that, I know it's just recordings that they make like from like everyone's memories. I don't know. I don't know. That was so, but anyway, that bit of information she gets out of him in bed. And then she says, and now you can go back to the sex part because she's got the information she wants out of him, And, you know, so, okay. So right now, whether or not she's going to be able to access any of that, I mean, she's pretty shrewd. Uh, but is it all about learning the truth about, uh, the assassination of the Royal family? Is that, is it just simply that for Rue? I don't know. Because she totally, when you get someone who's really good with the back channel kind of scheming type stuff, you're just never quite sure what their end game is, right? Mm -hmm. Now, she says that, you know, I mean, she, for all intents and purposes, appears to be uh, very loyal to Sarath. And her only job is to, to protect and to serve her. But, you know, we question, right? I have questions about that. Okay. Well, I, I guess when we see the way that the Keeper addresses Dawn and Dusk, why on earth would he give Rue anything? You know what I mean? I yeah. mean, if, the, if that's well, what Well, he does. They send uh, Markley. Well, oh, right. That's right. Right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Well, even in that case, you know, he he gives Markley less of a hard time than he gives Dawn and Dusk. True. Well, so. maybe because Markley does not act self-important, you know. Well, I guess that's, could that be. could be. Like this guy's used to, you know, being able to knock people down the peg or two because he's the guy who, who you know, to, to get to what you want, you got to go through me, basically. So I don't care whether you're a peasant or an emperor I'm going to treat everyone with the same amount of snide indifference, you know? Okay. And, and that seems reasonable enough. And, 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 you know, we talked a little bit about the memory wipes at, at the beginning and, uh, dusk learns from Demerzel that only day now can authorize memory wipes, but that her memory is unalterable, which I don't know about you, but I'm thinking like, all right, is this the evolution of Skynet? Because I'm starting to think that Demerzel is running the place. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that's when, 
you know, when I was, I can't, I think, I don't know if it was which feedback it was. I think it might have been Fred's when, you know, he's starting to one, you know, like Fred was thinking that, you know, Sareth was behind the assassination attempt. But I can definitely see a play here where, um, you know, Demerzel was behind that. You know, and I guess yeah. we just have to kind of go back and think. I, I'm still not sure with the causality, like what is the product of the assassination attempt? Is that, I know afterwards, but he was already thinking about marrying Sarath, right? Before it. So I don't know if that he, you know, I'd, I'd have to kind of look back on my notes to see if he's now is more adamant about going through with this, that the assassination has made him think, all right, I need an heir, which doesn't, I don't know. Well, I guess what strikes me about this whole situation is that Demerzel is anything but careless. So knowing that she gets half her head sliced away, why would she allow that visual to remain in the recording why not delete that on the off chance well, that somebody might look at it it's, at some it's point? not her recording though it's one uh, who, it's one of the the oh, one of the came in there someone else well, was, yeah it's well, one of the doctors who, who okay but still well okay but still the you know she talks you know in an, a few episodes back about editing their memories you know anybody from the medical staff because you know about you know in case anybody questioned why she was in the royal bedroom, so she was concerned about that. So well, they did because they wiped the memories of the people themselves, but then for some reason stored them. I guess okay. that's that's where she slipped up. But maybe I mean you know this guy keeps the records; he's pretty good at his job. You know, so maybe like if they had tried to uh, destroy the memory that he would have known, and it would have been a big to do. I, I don't know. Okay. So the other thing, I guess we, we heard about it a few episodes back. We hear about it again, that apparently, um, you know, the, the Cleons, I'm not sure what number outlawed AI technology and clearly, you know, they're shocked that that's what Demersel is. All right, fine. Now, what are they going to do with that information? But B, Knowing what we know about Demerzel, I don't know about you, but I'm thinking like, I wonder if she's got some secret lab somewhere where, uh, you know, that, that, that she may not be the only AI that's True. out there. Yeah, that's a so good that point. are we going to learn at some point that there's, you know, another like her or even a whole army right, like her? Right, right, yeah. So um, anyway, we'll see. And then that final scene, you know, uh, for this storyline, which was, I don't know, I, I found it fascinating, weird, um, kind of pitiful at one point. Dawn and Dusk consult Cleon the first, yeah, regarding Day's consolidation of power, and they're basically told, you know, dudes, get over yourself. Yeah. I'm done. You know, yeah. I'm here to help you, but nah, see ya. Um, right. He's just like, yeah, uh, deal with it. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then he just disappears. Now, on the one hand, really cool technology. I, I will say that. Sure. But, uh, 
Well, yeah, you can talk to. I mean, it's not like though it's his quote unquote memories. I mean, you kind of like talking to the OG Cleon. You know, I mean, that's pretty wild. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, their technology is is uber advanced. So you know, again, we have AI now that can respond to questions, and 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 you know, we'll have a you know a huge database of responses that if the question is this, these are the possible responses based on, you know, so at this point in time, who, you know, that's not surprising that there'd be that level. Um, anything else about this story? You know, look, I mean, from this episode, it just, there's so much like, uh, there's, there's just so much going on behind the scenes. That we still don't even know um, that, you know, basically it's kind of like a Agatha Christie novel where just everyone is a potential suspect here for almost everything except for i don't think sarah had obviously didn't have a hand in killing her own family i really don't think she had a hand at all in the assassination attempt on day but especially rue and uh, demerzel i think are probably the prime suspects for both of those things Okay. And, you know, if we were doing, you know, a, a mid-season finale format, which we're not, the, the episodes were released, you know, one a week, you know, th- this would be a pretty good place to take a, a couple week or a couple month break. Not that we'd be happy about it, but you no. know, it would it would make sense and give podcasters a lot to ruminate over in the interim. But, uh, okay. All right. Anything else? I don't know. I mean, there there's just so much going on here. I, I know this is that story, but I was just I was just that that last line really shocked me. That this because you know I just probably everyone just assumes. Well, here's the second foundation, and I think they even told didn't like they say that this is where the second foundation was. So to find the the person in charge there to be adamantly against the second foundation was just a real to me a pretty pretty shocking maybe one of the most shocking things that. Out of the whole episode, I just I feel like ultimately maybe it will turn into it. I don't know, but it was cool, good episode. Yeah, I mean it is shocking, and I guess we haven't really talked about well, why? What's your motivation for preventing a second foundation? What do you know that we don't know? What do you know that Harry Seldon doesn't know? Right. So, of course, like you said, uh, we've got more questions than answers at this point, and, uh, well, and there's more this suspects. Mule guy in the future that you know, still too that that you know we, they kind of introduced him, and then we haven't really said anything about him since. Maybe uh, these people will have to get mallowed, and <laughs> we'll, we'll see. So, yeah, all right, well, let's go ahead and get to listener feedback if that sounds good to you. Sure. Suzanne in Germany checks in after a several week absence and says, yes, I'm still alive, but only barely. Summer has been killing me here. Sorry about the radio silence, of course. I've been enjoying your foundation coverage week to week, and thank you for that. At least this I wanted to tell you today. Plus, I feel like someone has to balance out the large amount of male feedback, and I'll gladly volunteer for that. That's true. I hope that when you read this, Wayne has fully recovered from the damn COVID thing. Thank you for still recording the episode last Friday, especially given you're a man. And from my experience, <laughs> men are usually enjoying suffering on their deathbeds already with a cold. 
Therefore, thanks for being so tough for your listeners. Oh, and Wayne, I liked your school rant recently. I have to say, I don't know what's wrong with me that I enjoy listening to you guys in anger mode. You haven't even heard us in anger mode. Yeah, it's just barely simmering mode. (laughs) Also, thank you. Wait for for election season. You'll hear Dave in anger mode then. Oh, my God. Also, thank you for reporting on the podcast why you did not record that one week. The storm, I mean. I'm still not on Facebook for reasons, and that's my own fault, which is why I appreciate you telling things also on the podcast itself. I would otherwise not know what's going on and also on other topics. Thanks a lot for that. I feel less excluded that way. I also learned from you about the cancellation of the peripheral, which makes me absolutely furious. I just can't believe it. I really thought a second season was guaranteed. Otherwise, I can only second your statements and personally try to see the silver lining, which is that due to the first season of The Peripheral, I found your podcast. At least they can't take that away from me. For when you will cover Ragnarok, I'm already planning on what I'm going to watch that has sci-fi TV rewatch coverage in your back catalog. I am torn between Brave New World and Outer Range. Any help with the decision is welcome. But I will, in any case, listen in at the beginning of each episode, Ragnarok or not. I don't want to miss any of those other segments I love. And the endings I will probably listen to as well, because the other feedback here has always mentioned interesting stuff, too. Well, I think I could pause here and personally put my two cents in here is that um, you will want to go with Brave New World. Yeah, I I agree. And I liked Outer Range more than you did, but yeah. definitely Brave New World. Yeah, Outer Range was okay. I didn't really care for it that much, but I like Brave New World. Since you've offered it, I would indeed like to have your opinion on one question. A few female friends of mine have been recommending Outlander to me since forever, knowing how much I'm into time travel stories. What still makes me hesitate, though, is that I'm afraid it's too corny. So can you please tell me, honestly, for which level of cheesiness do I need to be prepared for? Should I give it a try? Thanks for answering that. So I haven't seen uh outlander dave i know what your answer is going to be but i'll let you handle that one okay suzanne seriously there is no level of cheesiness in the entire series seriously it is a wonderfully put together uh, series the the acting is just phenomenal the production details are phenomenal the writing is phenomenal the time travel elements are, are just really done so well. I, I mean, I, again, I don't want to spoil anything by even mentioning kind of the basic premise here, but I don't think that's anything you need to be concerned with. So I, I'm just going to leave it at that. The only thing I will tell you is that Netflix only has the first five seasons at this point. Now, they'll add season six, which is already in the books, Season seven is what's currently airing. So unless you have stars or wherever Outlander is available in Europe, you know, that, that, that could be a consideration. But it's a lot of episodes to watch. So anyway, you trust me, you will not be disappointed. Um, just one little complaint on the last episode. Dave, you left me hanging there by not clarifying if the Parsec is a real thing or not. Yeah, apparently it is. Somebody posted in the Facebook group about that or else yeah. one of the feedbacks. I can't remember now. but It was uh, in the yeah. Facebook because I actually chimed in on that one. Okay, yeah. So it, it is actually a, a, an actual thing. But it, but it's not necessarily speed, I think, was pointed out that it was something else. I forget now. 
But anyway, yes. It's, well, it a parsec is actually a measure of distance. Okay, there so, we go. So uh, I remember even back when Star Wars first came out and Han Solo says, I've made the castle run less than 12 parsecs. My dad's like, well, a parsec is a, a measurement of distance. So that's like saying I made the castle run in less than 12 miles, which doesn't make sense until you watch the movie Solo when they pretty much retcon that. And um, what happens is he goes through a wormhole, which then means he does this Kessel run in a shorter distance because he used the wormhole. So that ah, nice. makes it a, a legitimate uh, line now. So, okay. Uh, lastly, good luck with your conquest of Tanzania. I am sure you will take it by storm, which be a more pleasant storm than the one you experienced. That's for sure. Uh, every country needs a little bit of sci-fi TV re- rewatch. I could not agree more. Again, thanks to the foundation coverage so far. So good. I look forward to the second half of the season. All the best and talk soon, Suzanne. All right, let's get to the audio portion and we will be right back. Hello, Dave and Wayne and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Foundation Season 2, Episode 5. First off, what am I watching? Still watching slowly the Shannara Chronicles, which has acquired Lord of the Rings vibe to it. Sleepy Hollow, which is not such a good series. I actually don't know why I'm watching it on. And what I like much more is Star Wars Ahsoka. And actually, I didn't watch Rebels, but still, it's uh, very nice to watch. Great production value. And I always loved Rosaria Dawson as an actress. Also in the Marvel Universe. Okay, episode 5 of Foundation... Actually, in this episode, there is something that got me quite confused. Whether Queen Serrat did do or organize the assassination attempt on Brother Day. Is she only interested how he was able to survive such a good assassination? And she just wants to know more about it? Or did she and Rue organize it? The other way around is a little more clear whether they is responsible for the assassination or, between air quotes, the accident of Serret's family. Because Damazel says that she took care that it is completely hidden from discovery. I found a scene, by the way, where they and Serret are shouting at each other a little bit over the top, especially on the Serret side. I mean, the scene was okay, the writing was okay, but the acting was a little bit off. It looked a little bit like playing angry instead of being angry. On the other hand, it also could be perfect acting, because Seret is playing angry at day. Because she has to play angry, because she in reality is behind the assassination attempt. Then it's even perfect acting. But then it's double layered and you don't see it immediately. Then we get the connection between Brother Dusk and Rue. Which is quite uh, loving, I have to say. I think they trust each other. And last podcast I said Rue got the idea about that all the intimate moments etc. is filmed. And that's how they came to the idea to recall the memories of the people that healed they. And so they discovered that Demersel is an android slash robot. 
But in this encounter between Dusk and Rue, Dusk learns something about deleted memories, which sets him on the path of trying to discover whether they deleted something, what it means that Cleon I had many more memories than all the others, what that means, I don't know yet. Then we have the whole story of Salvor Gale and Harry with the crashed ship and then they meet Hugo Crest and I was <laughs> really amazed because the actor that is playing Hugo is also in, as I said at the beginning of my feedback, I'm watching the Shannara Chronicles and he has an important role there. The actor's name is Daniel McPherson and he plays Prince Arion in the Shannara Chronicles. But yeah, he was not real. I found that whole story a little wishy-washy and I'm wondering where it goes with these sighted people, these telepaths, and their plan to block the second foundation. And why? Okay, that will be all for now. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. And I hope you will recover from your second COVID quickly, Wayne. This is Alan in Minnesota with feedback for Foundation Season 2, Episode 5, The Sighted and The Scene. This episode is a triumph. It might be the best hour of Foundation yet. It's actually approaching the heights of Andor in terms of quality, in my opinion. And coming from me, that is high praise indeed, I can assure you. The show's evolved from being able to boast one stellar storyline, The Genetic Dynasty, alongside others that were less engaging or uneven, to now having multiple threads that are all riveting. An embarrassment of riches. There was some good comedy in this one, too. The wink Demerzel gives day, like, go get him, tiger, was completely unexpected and cracked me up. And then the bureaucratic officiousness of the memory records keeper was perfection. Hello to all at Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Alan from England here, mostly with feedback about Foundation episode The Sighted and the Scene. What else I'm watching? Watch the first three episodes of Manifest. I think maybe that's been mentioned on the podcast before, where people take off on a plane and then things happen and time passes. I like the overall premise. And then we've got the fallout from what happens when people disappear for five years, which is on the cusp of things having moved on and relationships being altered, but then the familiar people are still around. So I'm really enjoying that. Foundation, Series 2, Episode 5, Sighted and the Scene. We see original Harry, uh, human Harry, uh, back in the past and Rach, and get more about the moments leading up to that pivotal killing and how it's a memory within new Harry. But then he seems to be hallucinating Rage. So is it a dream? Is it a hallucination? Or is it, in fact, a projection from the Prime Radiant or from somewhere else as they are approaching Ignis? And I think the latter is correct. Even Harry's not sure how he's alive again, and <laughs> neither is anybody else. Their approach to the planet's service is very rapid indeed, but as they say, any landing you can walk away from is okay. Talking of close approaches, Sarath is due for a liaison with Empire after his pep talk from Demersal. That really is a strange relationship. 
Sarath is mostly checking out the damage in the room and drawing various conclusions. Uh, Day is somewhat clumsy in his uh, actions, attentions and uh, arguments, I thought. That didn't go very well. But somehow, now they're engaged. So that was a result. Demersel then indeed confirms it was her actions that led to Sarath's family death. I'm not sure we definitely knew that before. Then it's back 30 years to dusk when he was day and enjoy Nauru. And then forward again, as they then view the earlier memories. There is a lot of jumping backwards and forwards in this one, but it's easy to keep track of what's happening. Dusk vitally learns that a missing memory doesn't feel like it's missing. You can't kind of detect the hole in your memory. And then starts to wonder if his own memory is complete. So this is quite nicely building on the previous episode about memories. Uh, both Sarath and Dusk, in their own ways, are trying to wander down memory lane and recover various stored memories. But it's Sarath who discovers Demersel's nature, and Dusk who calls on the memory of Cleon I. And then, like every parent in the history of ever, Cleon just wants them to all play nice. Dusk then calls on that uh, memory keeper, who acts like every official ever, and seems to reflect that he doesn't get queries for months, and then two come along on the same day. It seemed like it was about to be revealed about Sarath's inquiries, but then that didn't happen. And it seems like most Cleons, after the first one, have only about a third of their memories recorded. I tried to rewind a few times, but I couldn't see if it talked about uh, the current day's capacity. Because then is it Day that's in charge and suppressing other things, or is Day also affected? It's a bit hard to tell at this time. Salva meets someone appearing to be Hugo, but that facade doesn't last long, and it did seem highly improbable. It doesn't fool Harry. However, they're overcome anyway. Harry, Gale, and Salva run into Bond. Uh, tell them Bond. Ignis is a refuge for Mentalics. On re-watching this, I see that Tellum was indeed projecting as rage to Harry at the start of the episode. Tellum wants to break the Prime Radiant and the possibility of a second foundation. Is somebody on Ignis, or later to be on Ignis, going to be the mule? Well, it's hard to know, but <laughs> at some point, hopefully we'll find out. Take care, Alan from England. Well, let's go ahead and start with Fred in the Netherlands. And, you know, I, I, I kind of mentioned during the course of the discussion his comment about the acting perhaps being a bit over the top in that scene between Day and Sarath. And, and Fred, like I said, it's not something I thought about at the time, but I think you're right. And then what is her intent in learning the details of the assassination all about? I mean, she tells him – well, I just want to know if I'm going to be safe here. Yeah, no, I don't believe Yeah, you're exactly. Like, okay, maybe, but I mean, this, I mean, this marriage just seems like a, a worse, worse idea by uh, every, every time we see him because uh, like they obviously distrust each other to a level where they actually think the other one's trying to kill them or have killed their family. And this is just not really a good basis uh, uh, to start a marriage on. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Right. 
there we go. It just came to me. All right. That's um, it. Anything else about Fred's feedback? Um, I just love what you said. The you know when uh, about Sleepy Hollow. It's like it's not very good. I don't know why I'm watching it. I'm like, oh my god, how many <laughs> shows have I said that about? You know, just like you get into it, and even if you're not enjoying it, you're just like, ah, I'm like halfway through the season. You know, maybe it'll get better. And like it just doesn't. So. Yeah, probably just better to cut your losses, Fred. But um, I think well, that's it. And, and thank you for the the well wishes, Fred. I appreciate it. I mentioned a show I was watching Into the Night, which is uh, some kind of French post apocalyptic or I don't know pandemic show on Netflix. Dude, second season, which was just six episodes, and they were fairly short. I just started like fast forwarding through, you know, hit the. Hit the 10 second forward, 10 second forward, 10 second. Okay, there we go. I'll stop there. Um, <laughs> um, now, Alan in Minnesota brings up the comedic elements, uh, certainly the keeper, Demerzel's, you know, uh, scene in, in the bedchamber. And then when Dusk tells Dawn about the keeper, because again, I, I know I mentioned before, I was shocked at how he treated both of them dumb insolence i don't have his thumb cut off I'm like <laughs> nice and yeah. why didn't you so i i don't know why this dude felt he could talk to them that way yeah but yeah that's i guess part of his charm maybe i don't yeah. know yeah well it was just funny and, and like i said i mean ed something ed birch ed birch just really i mean you know like maybe you look at that and say oh, I, anyone can do that like no you can't let us genius comedic timing that guy has he was dead on perfect for that role it was hilarious you know and you know uh, you were well i don't know about you but i appreciate the funny parts in foundation so much more because they're like so few and far between that you know they're like little diamonds that they throw in there of comedy all right and then alan in england mentions that he started watching manifest and Alan, I'm curious to get your take on the final season, which I just was unable to complete. Uh, it's a show that, for me, season one, and, and Stranger Things was like this for me. Season one, wow, this is really good, kind of groundbreaking, kind of, to a certain extent. Season two, all right, yeah, it's pretty good. I'm kind of liking it. Season three, uh, let's see what time is it? Um, you know, and, and so manifest was kind of that way for me in that final season. I, I, and I, I know a lot of people, Michael covered it, I think for den of geek and loved it as I recall. So I don't know, but you know, Alan, keep us posted on, uh, your manifest journey. Yeah. I personally um, have not seen it at all. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, right. no, you I'm know. not going to now. <laughs> okay. Well, talk to Michael. Yeah. Know. All right. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, if you can leave your classroom and, you know, walk the 30 feet to his office. Yeah, but, it, is, you know. it is a pretty, pretty big hike. I love Alan's, you know, speculation that could somebody on Ignis turn out to be the mule? Yeah, that that is interesting. I mean, again, like I, I'm not even going to say the word. I am going to say the words of the book, but I'm not going to say it in referencing to it because as we've said so many times that this show has gone so far off the path from where the, the books went. And I find that refreshing because I don't know, like, I don't know. I, I, I certainly 
would assume that one of those people uh, in that room there is going to be the mule one day, but I don't know. Maybe that little kid, right? Well, what was the deal with the little kid? Wasn't wasn't that just a hologram or some sort of projection? Uh, no, no, not um, the girl. The other little dude. The little dude. Uh, I can't remember his name. Okay. No, there was a little remember. dude there, wasn't there? Uh, I don't know. It's so. <laughs> just so much going on. All um, right. Um, anything else about any of the feedback? No. Nah, uh, well, thank, thank you, everyone, for your feedback. It was awesome, and we love it, and keep it rolling. Okay. All right. I'm going to go ahead and go first. I think I put you on the spot last week, and I think we actually we agreed. I think it was A- minus last week. And I believe it was Alan in Minnesota that just really – He really uh, liked it. Yeah. 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 I guess I liked it, but I'm going B plus. I'm not even oh. sure I want to go A minus. Okay, and, I was going A minus with it again. You know, you know, I loved it, but I didn't love it. Um, uh, go ahead, you you were talking. Well, I, you know, as much yeah. as I loved the comedic scenes, uh, you know, in, in further review, well, where the hell did that come from? You, you know, we're you know, 15 episodes into the series, I don't recall there being any humor anywhere ever now maybe well, I, I feel like there's they, they sprinkle it in every now and then i think it's it's, okay. it's it's impossible to remember i can't like i'm trying to think of a particular scene and i really can't i can't remember what i have for lunch but yeah <laughs> well i do know that but uh yeah, I'm kidding. you had bologna i believe yeah <laughs> but but yeah it's it, they're so scattered and few and far between that you would not you know there's never been any regularly occurring comedic character in this at all but uh, you know, but I like that. Uh, you know, again, like I t- totally agree with, but with both you and Alan from Minnesota said about giving the characters their time in this. I just sometimes I get like a little frustrated when you have a story that I really wanted the next part. I want to know what happens next. But even Fringe did that to us, right? We find sure. out, you know, of what Peter is from another world, and then. Next thing you know, Peter's and I didn't like the next episode, I think. I can't remember. Uh, but, you know, stuff like that. Uh, and so we had, you know, Constant and Polly and Hober going off to do their separate missions. And then, you know, none of them are in this one. I'm like, damn it. Yeah, what? Just a little Maybe just a little bit. Just, you know, come back to them a little bit. But they didn't. And they didn't come back to Bel Rios either. And those are like now my new favorite characters in the show. Um, so I miss them when they're away and I'm sure we'll get them next episode. But so that's why I'm going with a slight downgrade with an otherwise fine episode. Well, you know, it is a lot of real estate to cover and these are not terribly long episodes. They're about maybe 48 minutes, which for me is perfect. Don't get me wrong. But with only 10 48 minute episodes that's a lot of ground to cover it is so yeah um now you know maybe they know something we don't know well, obviously, they, obviously they definitely know because they wrote it well yeah but i mean <laughs> yeah, i mean yeah, but, but, sure but i mean where, i mean where they're going next <laughs> oh like after this season you mean yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. well i mean again you, can, you know it's always got books that you can well, if they if they get stuck for a, a, a plot twist or a, you know where to go next, they can always go to yeah. the, the source material. Yeah, or just call up Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse, and it's like you know, you know, well, how did you guys do it? You had everything figured out right from the start, didn't you? 
Yeah. <laughs> Going to end in the church, right? Or the uh, or, or the uh, Game of Thrones guys, you know? Hey, you yeah. got you had original material, and you seem to do okay once the once the original material ended, right? All right. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and leave it there before we uh, before we alienate other people who love shows that are very popular. Yes. Uh, all right. Well, anyway, that'll do it for this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. Thank you for joining us. Love to hear what you think about the cancellation of the peripheral, the founda- you know, foundation that we are currently engaged in. Uh, maybe you're a Manifest fan. Check out the Facebook group if you haven't already. Sci-Fi TV Rewatch at gmail.com is the way you can reach us. We'll be back next week to talk about Season 2, Episode 6 of the Apple TV Plus Series Foundation. But until then, you know, Dave. For for the most point, I I love the uh, the engineering that you do and you know how you put the podcast together. But every once in a while, I just listen to the podcast. All I can say is, Dave, I hate what you've done to us. <laughs> <laughs>